back to my burns. number three, so it's a big burn, hypermetabolic state and fluid management in burn patients. So we had earlier Fred who had a simple arm burn, but now we have our patient Francesca, who's a 40-year-old female. She was cooking hash oil using butane and her pot exploded. EMS called in. She has something around 40% burn, but she's able to talk to you and is protecting her airway and they'll be here shortly. You're asking yourself, should I be worried? This sounds bad. What do I need to have ready? Burns that are greater than 20%, again, 10% in those who have underlying medical conditions are considered a major burn. You don't appreciate the skin until you had a large violation of it. Whereas skin usually controls your temperature, it holds in fluids and electrolytes. There are also other hormonal changes that are not fully understood. All of these, lead to this hypermetabolic state where all of your organ systems are ramped up trying to maintain homeostasis without this major skin barrier. So your initial care, Francesca, starts with your basic ABCs, making sure her airway is patent, making sure she's adequate ventilation and oxygenation, and making sure that her circulation is supported. Another big issue with burn patients is that they have lost the ability to control their temperature and stay warm due to the violation of the skin barrier. I'm so cold. I'm so cold. We turn up the heat in all of our burn patients' rooms as well as in the tub room. You want to keep them warm, whether that's turning the room temperature up. Uh, if you have heating lights, those are helpful, but you need to maintain your patient's temperature. Going back to airway, you may need to intubate your patient. If you have a patient that has greater than 40% burns, usually they require a massive fluid resuscitation. This is not saying that at 40% you just automatically intubate your patient, but you really need to consider it due to the risk of pulmonary edema and airway edema in these massive resuscitations because of a big burn. Speaking of the ability to give fluids and other access, make sure when your burn patient comes in, really helps us in the later care of your patient, make sure they have good access. You know, these patients often, if they're big burn, need an early central line, plus minus an arterial line, depending on how sick they are. This becomes a big problem after their extremities start to swell because the level of resuscitation they get, they get edema everywhere, everywhere, everywhere. And so if you have the opportunity to help us out getting us great vascular access, it would be much appreciated. In really extensive burns, if they have no urine output, one area you might want to leave open for a dialysis catheter, if able, is the right IJ, the right IJ, the right IJ. That's going to be the best flow and the easiest place for us to dialyze, especially if your patient is meeting indications for dialysis. Next, you're gonna think about fluids. So our patient is warm, we have good vascular access, they're protecting our airway. Francesca's able to talk to us and tell us what happened. Next is fluids. Pre-hospital, there's a new paradigm. If you are less than two hours from definitive burn care, you're gonna start LR at 500 mLs an hour. We generally do not like to bolus burn patients because they have these massive fluid shifts. So if you are able, this is one patient population that we really like 
well-controlled continuous fluids. If your patient is 6 to 14 years old, pre-hospital fluids are going to be 250 mLs of LR per hour. If your patient is less than 6 years old, it will be 125 mLs per hour. Once the patient gets to your ER, and after you've done your initial survey, you're going to start fluids. The way we see fluid management in the burn unit is really based on urine output. There are a whole bunch of formulas, which I'll go over, but urine output is so important. Our burn patients need Foley's. Ask yourself, can my patient cognitively think that they need to use the restroom, physically pick up a Foley, i.e. their hands aren't so burned or their groin isn't so burned that they can't get to the area, and accurately pee into a urinal or bedpan? If the answer is no to any of these questions, place a Foley because urine output is what most burn resuscitation is based on. The old formula that most people use was Parkland, which is 4 mLs per kilo per percent of total body surface area burned. This led to a lot of over-resuscitation. And the problem with over-resuscitation is you can get compartment syndromes, and you can get compartment syndromes almost anywhere. You can get ocular compartment syndrome, compartment syndromes in the extremities, abdominal compartment syndrome, which can lead to renal failure, and then it can also lead to problems with the ventilator. So making sure that we have an accurate fluid management plan and we don't over-resuscitate is important. So the new formula uh, that a lot of people use is the modified Brook formula. It is 2 mLs per kilo of total body surface area burned, and then you adjust hourly for urine output. And the goal for adult patients is 0.5 to 1 mLs per kilo per hour. 0.5 to 1 mLs per kilo per hour. One caveat to this is in any electrical burn, the urine output you want to be higher, 1 to 2 mLs per kilo per hour, but everybody else 0.5 to 1 mL per kilo per hour is adequate. So you take your patient, you get their total body surface area burned, again, not including your superficial burns, and you multiply that times two times their weight in kilos, and you're going to give that per hour divided in half. So you're going to take the total amount your patient needs, you're going to divide it in half, and you're going to give the first half over eight hours. So dividing that into an hourly rate. The first hour is the only hour that you're going to actually give the amount that you calculated because you're going to adjust up or down depending on how much urine they're making. So if they're making more than 1 mL per kilo per hour, you're going to decrease the fluids. If they're less than 0.5, you're going to increase their fluids. Fluid management is a little more difficult in patients that have low protein states. Inhalation injury, that's going to add about 20% TBSA and require significant more fluids. Substance abuse, uh, patients that are older or have comorbidities. So again, this hourly adjustment and making sure your patient has a Foley is vitally important. In various centers, they have different adjuncts to crystalloid fluid resuscitation. Some centers use colloid, so albumin resuscitation. The concern is that in the first 24 hours, you leak out a significant portion of these and there were some small studies that showed that they had some increased mortality, but some burn centers have had success in decreasing the amount of fluid that their patients need by using colloids after the first six or eight hours. In our center, we use FFP. The original studies have not shown a decrease in mortality, but 
We're waiting on newer literature that will give us an update on potential decrease in mortality using FFP. Remembering that your patient still can have the reactions of trolley and taco from getting a blood product, something to consider. Other things that have been used are hypertonic saline. This is generally not recommended. These patients had significantly more renal failure. So it's recommended that crystalloids, potentially colloid, potentially FFP, but not hypertonic saline be used. Some people ask, we have newer invasive monitors such as Flotrax or pulmonary arterial catheters. None of these have been validated in burn care. So simpler is better. Make sure your burn patient has a Foley and use crystalloids. Recapping what we have covered in this lecture, if you have a big burn, you're going to need to make sure that that patient has their EBCs covered, that you keep the patient warm by warming the room or using lights to keep the patient temperature normal. You're going to get us excellent access. Consider placing a Foley in all patients that cannot accurately correct their ins and outs. Giving crystalloids plus minus colloids or FFP in large burns to help decrease the total amount of fluid needed. And then making sure to adjust that resuscitation based on the urine output of your patient. 0.5 to 1 ml per kilo in adults, going up to 1 to 2 mls per kilo in adults that have electrical injury.